0: Hello, you're listening to Angel Nears, the podcast. Uh, Angel Nears is a Silicon Valley community for startup builders where founders and operators share their firsthand knowledge on how to build and scale startups. I'm your host, Oleg Kujikov, and our guest today is Prakash Chandran, co-founder and CEO of Xano, a low-code platform for anyone looking to develop a backend for their no-code app quickly and efficiently. I'm excited to bring Prakash on to talk about what enterprise-grade no code should look like. But before we get into that, Prakash, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, let's open this thing up. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as a founder?
1: Sure. So I've had basically a very long career in technology, or the field of technology. Um, you know, I uh, spent my my high school years playing video games, as many of us did in the nineties, uh, built on a custom PC. And then that love kind of matured into website design when the web was being created, like back with like CompuServe and GeoCities. And then from there, uh, I was able to basically finagle my way into a design job at Picasa, which is a photo organization software, which was then bought by Google. So then started my true like Silicon Valley tech journey. So I uh, I was lucky enough to spend almost a decade at Google. I led the design on Google Calendar for a little bit. I led the design and research team for Google Workspace, which was previously G Suite, they keep changing the name. And then uh, after kind of almost a decade at Google, I left Google, did a startup for about three and a half years, which I call three and a half years of me getting the crap kicked out of myself, did some consulting work, and then uh, found my place and my home here at Xano. So that's like the 50,000 foot view of my, my career in technology.
0: So you actually started a company before you started Xano. Did you have any kind of like key takeaway from that that led to starting Xano or just to, to take me through that? Yeah, for sure. So, I think there was a lot of
1: learnings when you kind of do a startup for the first time. I think the first was like this transition from like a place like Google to starting something on your own because when you're at Google and you launch something, you're launching to like hundreds of millions of users on day 1. When I went from that to like a, an operator trying to build something, I was trying to get one customer, right? And so that was a reality check for sure. I think the second thing was just around like understanding the nuances of like how to build a product and making sure that it was something that is potentially successful in the market. So I think I raised money a little bit prematurely. And I also just spent a lot of money. And a a large part of where I spent that money was on development resources. I am not a developer by training, I am a designer. And so when a developer tells me, hey, I'm gonna need about a month to work on this feature, it's like a car mechanic, you just kinda have to believe them. I spent a lot of money trying to figure things out and uh, ultimately, I kind of left wishing, you know what, I wish that I had more control over the development process, which obviously is related to why I started uh, Zeno. But I mean, the, the short answer to your question is, there's a lot of learnings in uh, starting a startup for the first time, fundraising, hiring, firing, development, all of those things. And I really feel like it set a good foundation uh, for where we are today with Zeno.
0: So how did the idea come together? Because I can kind of see how you faced some challenges in that first startup and you you might have said hey you know it would be great to spend less on developing development resources but no code or low code tools are pretty new and how did you validate that this was even something you could do how did all that come together so first
1: i'll just kind of talk broadly about no code low code and then i'll talk about my journey to get to xeno So no-code, low-code has actually existed for quite some time. People don't necessarily realize it, but the first versions of like, I, I think maybe some people will remember Dreamweaver, right? Like where you would basically hmm. write in like tables and it would just automatically generate the code for you. Dreamweaver was around a really long time ago, like 20 years ago. And then, you know, even if you think about things like WordPress and Squarespace, to some, that's like a whizzy way. Like what you see is what you get. No code has been evolving throughout the years, right? But up until only quite recently, no code has also carried along a stigma. You can only do so much with no code. You can't scale anything, only build your MVP. And then you have to hire grown-ups or engineers when you want to build something of consequence. And so with my journey specifically, uh, when I was building my startup, you know, circa 2011, 2012, this was very much, or actually it was a little like 2013, 2014. um, No code was non-obvious in terms of how you would build software. So I had to hire a development team. And so basically what happened was after my startup, after my failure, after the consulting, it turned out that my best friend who was also at Google with me was on the technology side. And when he left Google, he didn't take the startup route. He did the startup agency route, right? And at that agency, he created the first version of Xano. Xano was never meant to be productized, but it was meant to be an internal tool that you could basically take on more customers without having to grow the team. I saw after 10 years how fast Xano evolved and developed to the point where it was like creating these amazing scalable applications in minutes, right? So I said, hey, John, you have this internal tool, this command line. I know that there's this growing no-code space where more and more people need a tool to basically build without having to hire developers. If we productize what you had, then I think that we could have something special. It basically addresses the scalability, security, and compliance issues of no code. So in 2018, we basically re-engineered Xano from the ground up and we launched in January of 21. So that was kind of the journey, not only of no code, but at my realization, and our realization that we could solve a real issue in no code today.
0: Challenges you faced early on, maybe uh, launching the company in 2021 or 22, that you faced and how did you overcome those early challenges?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like a startup, especially in the early days, is always riddled with challenges. I think anytime you're getting something off of the ground, you first and foremost have to prove that you're building something that the market wants. And a lot of that you can't really do until you spend a lot of upfront time developing. And so what I can tell you is that the journey from 2018 to 2021 when we officially launched was a lot of customer interviews, you know, building a landing page with just the value proposition, you know, promising access to this thing and you could get faster access if you hopped on a conversation with me. So a lot of it was like market market validation before we actually launched to the public. And and that's kind of the name of the game, I think, in the early days. A lot of the, like, I feel like a startup is like, there's multiple challenges every single day. But I think in the very beginning, I think it's like kind of this like live or die situation where you're like, hey, Do I have a product that people are actually going to pay me for and how much time am I going to invest in product and development until I let this thing go in order to like prove that there's something viable there. So I think when we first launched, that was probably the biggest challenge, you know, from the journey from 21 to 22 was actually like, okay, now we have something we see that we're growing and we're growing quite fast. It's then making the decision around, Hey, do we want to build something at venture scale? right like something that really might be like category changing or do we want to build the proverbial lifestyle business right just something that we can just pull cash from over time it's never going to be really that big and really building alignments around what kind of company do we want to be when we grow up so obviously there's a lot of challenges but like to simplify it's like do we have something that people actually want and are willing to pay for and then do we want to build something enduring
0: what you've kind of built today, Uh, could you provide an overview of what Xano does and the problems it aims to solve?
1: So Xano, we say we are a no-code scalable backend. And so we basically, I think as I alluded to earlier, try to solve kind of the hardest parts of no-code development or really software development, which is building the backend. And just for the people that don't understand the difference between the front end and the backend, I like to give a very quick example. If you think about Amazon's one-click buy, right? You like click buy now and all of a sudden the package magically ends up on your doorstep. So on the front end, you might see a button that says buy now. And on the front end, that's what the user sees. That's a very easy thing to design and build, right? It's a square box and it says buy now or order now. But on the back end, it's got to check you are who you say you are. It's got to check the distribution centers. It's just got to check your address. It's got to check Uh, with the vendors, it might do 100 to 150 business operations to get that uh, package to end up at your doorstep. So that creation of the backend and all of the things that go into it is really where Xano focuses on and uh, where Xano excels. And technically what that looks like is three things. Xano provides a server that is single tenant, that means it's dedicated to the user that signs up for it and you can deploy it anywhere in the world. We give you a database, which is a Postgres database, one of the most uh, popular open source databases in the world. And then we give you an API builder. And an API is basically the glue that holds the internet together. And with Xano, you're able to build with no code these APIs very quickly. The, The problems it's trying to solve for your customers. For sure. So I think that the problem sets are different depending on who you talk to. So for this persona, we have a persona that we, uh, we serve called the citizen developer. They are not a software engineer. They're kind of like a product owner. They're someone that's like a systems thinker. They're technically minded and they like to use tooling on the internet to build the software they need. So kind of in the small to very small business market, you have like startup founders like myself that wanna build their, their dream. And they use no code tools like ourselves to build, launch, and scale their ideas. But citizen developers, this persona, they also exist in big organizations, right? Like what, is, for example, is one of our customers. In these big organizations, they're constrained by engineering resources. So someone like a product manager might say, hey, I want to build something for my team. And then the engineering central IT might say, hey, you're not going to get a resource for six months to eight months. So they're just kind of stuck. So then they turn to a tool like ours to build faster, better, cheaper, right? And so we serve basically this primary goal of number one, speeding uh, or I guess expediting software development, especially with the back end. And number two, democratizing development, which is expanding the service area of people that can actually build software.
0: Okay. Okay. So it reaches small businesses and more enterprise level businesses. Um,
1: yeah, we, we're we kind of unique in this way because you can think of Xano as kind of like a visual programming language. And if you think about like an a, a established programming language like JavaScript or something like that, there's not like one customer it serves. It can build pretty much anything that you want it to. And Xano is very much uh, the same way. We are a visual programming language that can be used by very small businesses and also very large enterprises
0: got it how does xano differentiate itself in this space from other no code platforms or tools that are available yeah so i would say the first
1: differentiator is we are 100 percent focused on the back end so i kind of gave that explanation about front end versus back end a lot of no code tools that you see try to boil the ocean and do an all-in-one solution We believe it's really hard to do both things well because on the front end, you've got things like responsive resizing, publishing to the App Store, etc. And on the back end, you have things like scaling, memory management, CPU, all this kind of stuff. So we're 100% focused on the back end. This allows us to couple very nicely with any no-code front end that's on the market. I think the second thing is our focus on uh, architecture. So if you look at most no-code tools today, they may be, or kind of no-code backend types today, they look something like a spreadsheet and then capability is added on to that spreadsheet. It's a multi-tenant solution. We were engineered from the ground up to follow best engineering and DevOps practices. Again, as I mentioned, deployed with Docker, orchestrated with Kubernetes. And if you don't necessarily know what that means, that just means that Xano can scale to whatever demands that your product might have. So I think when it comes to scalability, when it comes to security, when it comes to compliance, we really separate ourselves. And on the security and compliance side, unlike most no-code tools, We're audited multiple times a year. And this has gotten us security certifications like ISO 27001, like SOC 2. We're going after HTS and NIST this year. And what are all of these certifications for? Well, it engenders trust in our user base. And especially as you sell into larger enterprises, they say, okay, look, if they have their SOC 2, then we can continue the conversation. So I would say that those are our uh, product differentiators.
0: And I'm curious, did you like, hear that from those user interviews or, or potential user interviews in the kind of the ideation phase, I guess I'll call it from 2018 to 21 before launching, like, were people saying, you know, we need a, a back end no code tool that's scalable? Or how did you kind of arrive at like, that's what we got to do?
1: Yeah. So I was definitely hearing that a scalable solution was needed. The security and compliance piece was non-obvious to me. And I have to give credit to our chief security officer, Jack, for enlightening me on this. He really helped us focus on starting these audits very early on in our development process. But yes, I think that the one thing that I heard all of the time was people needed to be able to Very easily create APIs, which is kind of what the backend ultimately uh, delivers, manage a database, and then make sure that that thing can endure and be sustainable as they start to grow as a company.
0: If you're kind of like putting together something from scratch uh, and it succeeds, you don't want to have to rebuild it once you've hit a certain scale. That's exactly right. There's a a term that venture capitalists use called
1: graduation risk. And what this means is that when they're evaluating no code tools, they'll say, hey, when do they have to graduate into another tool? Because your tool wasn't basically engineered for that type of scale. So we wanted to never hear that term and we wanted to make sure that we could scale with the business demands of uh, even a large enterprise
0: organization. Got it. Sounds impressive. It makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to the platform features and the use cases. What are the key features of the Xano platform and how do they benefit the users?
1: Yeah, so I would say those three primary features of Xano, the server database and API, collectively give a user a out-of-the-box backend, right? So normally, if you're building software... And let's say you're a developer, you have to spin up a server instance, then you have to spin up a database and then you have to open an IDE and pick a programming language and then write all the business logic and write all the logic to query the database. There's actually quite a lot to it. And then if you're doing good hygiene, you might have to document all of the APIs that you create. Xeno does this all automatically. Like within minutes, you're able to basically spin up a server, have a database going and have a documented set of APIs that you can just connect to a front end and start running with. So that's, I I would say, the primary value that Xano has. But I would say the secondary value is, again, this journey of launching something and then watching it grow. We basically break out the development process into two buckets. The first is the build and test phase, and the second is the scale and secure phase. So with Xano, we give a lot of features to build really anything that you want. You can build your own APIs. You can connect to external APIs like ChatGPT and leverage in your application. Our platform is meant to be Turing complete, which means that anything you can articulate in a programming language, you can do within Xano using no code. On the scale and secure side, we also support you there because we're also able to not only uh, scale up on our infrastructure we're able to deploy for example if you're an enterprise customer and you have another cloud like i don't know azure we're able to deploy on your own cloud so you can manage your own resources and then we offer security features like role-based access controls and things of that nature that enterprise organizations need as they scale and secure their product so throughout the entire development journey we support you and we also have features for development teams. So if a, a team of like 5 people, uh for example, is working in, in Xano, we have features like real-time collaboration, branching, merging, like everything that you would expect from a you know, a software development language,
0: but we have it in kind of a Xano no-code style. It sounds like you're getting a lot out of the box. And every company these days is a software company, so everybody's interested in developing software applications. So maybe the answer to this question is everybody, but what types of businesses or industries do you think could benefit most from using a tool like Xano? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you said it right. Every, every company is a software company. And
1: I think the one thing we know for sure is bespoke or custom software keeps organizations competitive. So the more, they can more companies and organizations can build custom software and the faster they can deliver it to market, the more in a competitive position that they're going to be in. And right now, Xano is a tool. If you look at our entire user base, it's really all over the place. There's not one vertical or one industry that trumps another, really. People are using it to build all sorts of things from like dog walking applications to customer success platforms to property management platform. It, it really... Uh, ranges and varies. And so software development is something that is ubiquitous. And we are working to increase the surface area of like the people that can participate in the software development process.
0: Uh, Shoot from the hip and kind of ask this random question. Is there like a business or use case that's been like most surprising that stands out that that's been built with Xana?
1: there's nothing that's not necessarily been surprising to me. I think I'm, I'm always maybe the things that maybe surprise me most are when, you know, people like fishermen, like go on and build like some, like they build software to help them manage their relationship with the vendors that they might, for example, sell their fish to things of that nature always kind of surprise me. And it's less so the technical, Part of what they're building, and more so that, like, here you have like a fisherman that maybe should have no business building software, or building software for themselves. And I think that's the power of no code tools. It's not unique to Xano, it's just like, it's again, democratizing the ability to create software when there is a need.
0: Integration and scalability. You mentioned that Xano uh, pairs well with other front end tools. And how easily can Xano integrate with existing systems and workflows?
1: I mean, very easily. Like at the end of the day, most products connect to one another using a RESTful API. And at the end of the day, that is what Xano delivers. So you can take the API and you can connect it to any sort of front end uh, that consumes a RESTful API. And Xano can also consume that RESTful API as well. So it's kind of this, it's, it, it's a very uh, complementary relationship in the fact that, you know, Xano can connect to most things on the internet and vice versa. Uh, And you can build uh, integrations and transformations within Xano depending on how you want to see the data. So we make it very easy. We have a couple features that make it easy to connect to a front end. Sometimes we have some pre-built connectors for very popular products, for example, like Stripe to take payments that you're able to just basically in one click uh,
0: connect to and start using immediately. So yeah, we make it pretty straightforward. Scalability options does Xano provide for businesses as they grow?
1: So on our self-serve plan, we start with a free plan. That's called our build plan. So our plans are build, launch and scale. So the build plan is completely free. You can build up to a product with up to 100,000 records and uh, it's on a shared resource. That means that you and uh, like most software today is built in a multi-tenant shared resource type way and you can use Xano 80% of the features completely for free. Once you launch something and you want to have access to all of Xano's features, we have our launch plan. And that can support a pretty healthy launch depending on the type of business logic you use. And then as you start to grow as a business, depending on your business logic needs, we have the scale plan. And it starts at scale 1x, 2x, and we go all the way to 8x. If for whatever reason you grow out of the scale 8x plan, we're then able to migrate Xano to whatever infrastructure you have and this is the beauty of Xano like in the beginning we give you an affordable little sandbox to play in and we can increase the size of that sandbox depending on your needs and then when you're ready to like you know leave the nest and spread your wings you're able to migrate to your own infrastructure and then you can scale unlimited on whatever cloud you choose oh yeah for sure i th- i think that's a, that's the beauty of i think being a couple of years in, you, we've seen people go from the free plan all the way to the enterprise plan. And it's like kind of one of the proudest achievements when you see that happen because you could really see that started from the bottom, uh, not to try to get into a Drake song, but they started from the bottom and then they like basically graduate eventually into an enterprise contract. And you see them even grow kind of with, with their cloud provider. Uh, it's really,
0: really awesome to see. I would say that is the minority, but it does happen, which is great. No, of course. I mean, most startups, I forget the percentage, but like, what's, what's the number, like 95% fail in the first two years? Yeah. Something like that. So to, to just have any, anyone graduate, like what's an example of one of those companies? I'm just, I'm just so curious. Yeah, for sure. So there's actually a charter school and I
1: am like blanking on the name. It's going to come to me in our, oh, it's Highlands. It's a Highlands charter school and uh, they're based in San Diego, California. And ba- Bobby Valentine, the, pro- the product manager at the school, basically, you know, he was in charge of like innovative learning at the school and he started building on Zano for free. He was like interested in it. And over time, he built like a, a tool or a platform that would actually manage all of the movements and class schedules for these students just as like a, not even a side project, but as an experimented product project it's really got taken on by the school and today they're on their own cloud right and it powers the entire class management system for the entire school and furthermore it has like awesome features like you know um, proximity check-in, so the student doesn't even have to check uh, to take out their phone, they like walk into the radius of where the, uh, one of their schools are, and it will auto-check them in, it has learning on the, the application itself. So it's just kind of cool to see one of those use cases that you just wouldn't think anything of go from a free plan, you know, as an experiment, all the way to enterprise scale. Uh, and Highlands is a a major organization, right? Like if you look it up, uh, you'll see like as an organization, they serve a lot of students and it's awesome to see that they were
0: able to scale with Xano. From the bottom, now they're here. That's awesome. Now they're here. Yep, (laughs) Uh, that's uh, right.
1: The
0: the tech stack, could you provide uh, just any insights into the technology stack behind Xano and the, the architecture that supports what it's doing? For sure, so, you
1: know, I think, on like the business logic backend software side of things, we use PHP, we use Postgres, and we have like things like Redis caching. You know, as I mentioned before, deploying with Docker, orchestrating with Kubernetes. When we go to an enterprise account, we set up everything via Terraform. So we use, as you would imagine, as a DevOps person or a software engineer, you would choose some of these technologies when you're building software that's completely custom. So we just happen to use that at Zeno as well. We say that we code so you don't have to. So those are the technologies that we use in-house. Our application, or what our user actually interfaces with, is an Angular application. Uh, a lot of people cringe, or developers might cringe hearing that, but you know, we're, we're ex-Google, so we stick to, uh, to kind of uh, what we know, and I, I would say to those engineers to give the TypeScript version of Angular a chance
0: experience with angular sounds complicated but how do you ensure security and data privacy i I remember you mentioned your security officer having a voice early on so maybe just speak to that how do you ensure security and data privacy yeah for sure so i think that first and foremost um
1: you can't really take our word for it. Um, you have to take the word of like a trusted you know, governing body, really, that makes sure that we are up to snuff when it comes to security and compliance. So all of these badges that you see on our website, whether it be GDPR, which is obviously relevant in Europe, ISO 27001, SOC 2, all of these certifications are basically Badges to show that we have been audited, we have been checked. So that includes audited uh, on our, like all of our employees, uh, our processes, uh, penetration tests, audit logs kind of within our our own systems, like making sure that we're doing things in a compliant way, how we take customer feedback and complaints and issues. All of these things are done by third party auditors, sometimes two separate third party auditors to give us that stamp of approval. So if you go to Xano.com, we have a whole security section. If you go to security.zano.com, you can learn about all of our certifications and, and how we handle data, you know, transmit or encrypting it at rest and in flight. But also, these certifications are there so you can feel confident that we have gone through the motions and we post our certificates so you can have access to them and just know that we take it very seriously.
0: To kind of the closing questions here. Where do you see Xano headed in the next few years? So depending on who you ask, there
1: are approximately 25 to 27 million developers on a planet of 8 billion people. Okay, This means that less than half a percent of the population builds all of the software and everything kind of in technology that we use today, which is crazy if you think about it. So the more you can expand the surface area of who can create technology and create software, it's really a boon for society and humanity. And we really want to be a big part in that journey on the back end specifically. So our mission statement is to empower anyone to create scalable world-class software. And no code uh, is a democratizing force in itself. So we want to bring the power of software creation to more and more people through the lens of no code.
0: Great mission. And it sounds like, you know, you're already on that path. So excited to see where that goes. But how do you envision the future of no code, low code development platforms in the broader tech ecosystem?
1: Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question just because I really don't know how things will evolve. I think that no code right now is the word that we use when we want to say it's a tool that other people can use to build software now unfortunately the stigma with no code that i mentioned earlier like that you know it's limiting has been around for a really long time so long in fact that when you mention no code to people like especially people that have been in the industry for a while they kind of cringe so maybe that word evolves into something else maybe it's like no code plus like the next generation of these these tools like Are meant for something different. Maybe it becomes visual development. Like, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to become. What I can say, however, is that these tools will be the way that people build software. Because if you think about it, it really doesn't make sense to build everything bespoke by hand, custom anymore, right? It it really just doesn't. Unless, like, look, there's going to be people that are like, enthusiasts and purists about that and they'll always want to do that but for the vast majority of projects you want to spend time with your customers and validate validating things with your customers so the faster you can get things to uh, market without technical
0: sacrifice
1: the better it's going to
0: be milestones you've accomplished to this point so
1: as of today We power over 70,000 backends around the world. This is a podcast, so I can't show you a picture, but there's like a heat map that we have of our users. And it's like we have a thin layer around the globe, which is pretty awesome to see. You know, we have enterprise customers like Caltrix, as I mentioned, we're a Siemens approved vendor. We have basically... I think proven that there's opportunity to be a venture scale business because we have great investors like MHS Capital and Engineering Capital. I think when you look back or when I track back to like us in 2018 building Xano to today where we have some of those notable milestones and you know, just the other week I was like in the room with like this massive bank. We don't have them as a customer yet, so I don't wanna say their name yet but this massive like very well known bank everyone would know and we were sitting with their CIO because they're considering Xano. I was thinking to myself like this is crazy. This is crazy that this like thing that we created is is like actually being considered to like power like pretty business critical applications for this very well known bank. And I'm just very proud that we've been able to to get here. And clearly like even though 70,000 isn't a lot in the whole scheme of things, I think it shows that we have a good foundation that we are going to continue to build on in accomplishing our broader mission right? of empowering anyone to build scalable world-class software.
0: Let's wrap up. Before we get out of here, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you and learn more about Xano?
1: Yeah, I would say the best way to connect with us is going to our Twitter. Uh, our handle is No Code Backend. I would also encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and go to uh, slash NoCodeBackend, we have hundreds of videos with uh, explanations around everything from how a software created and what is a backend to how to merge two JSON arrays. And then finally, if you're thinking of building something, sign up for Xano at xano.com. Give it a shot and uh, we'd love to see what you get up to.
0: I'll think about it myself. All right, Prakash, we're going to end it there. Uh, If you liked our show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating. Prakash, thank you for joining the show today. It sounds like you're making waves in this really exciting space, and we appreciate you coming on and sharing what you're doing. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.